This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup. You are listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast, and today we have Kathleen Steffley um, on, and we're going to be talking about a subject that is near and dear to my heart, and I believe it's going to be a great topic for the audience. It's uh, providing direct feedback to hiring managers at HR and why it's respected and not taboo. Uh, and so there, this is just going to be a fun uh, topic for us to explore. Uh, before we get started, Kathleen, uh, would you do me a favor? Would you do the audience a favor and introduce yourself? Yeah. So Kathleen Steffi, and I'm the CEO and founder of Naviga Recruiting and Executive Search. We place sales and marketing people across the United States for global businesses and then also domestic U.S. businesses. Yeah. That's cool. How long have you been in the game? I've been in the game for 25 years, but I've you know, been Yeah, My wife would hate me. for the, I, I just did I'm a major faux pas. Never ask. Never ask age. Never ask weight. Never. I should never have asked you that. Terrible uh, question. Really? Oh, way to start. Uh, mind? No, no I, I think it's, I think it's, uh, well, first of all, we both been in the game about the same time. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I was really more or less interested in, in how many of these experiences you've had. I probably should have phrased it differently. Um, you've worked, so you've worked with a lot of hiring managers to say it, to say it lightly. You've yeah. worked with a lot of hiring managers over your career. Um, I love the part where we're, we're talking about how they love or they need and respect that feedback and it's not taboo. Um, Take me into that for just a second because you've had, I'm sure, the range of experiences with, uh, with hiring managers and HR. Yeah, definitely. Well, I've worked in recruiting on the corporate side of recruiting, so internally, and then I've also owned Naviga for 18 years. So my perspective with hiring managers is both in-house and then uh, they're my customer and they have right. been for 18 years. So yeah. Um, yeah, it can get tricky if you're not used to it or let's say have the maturity and experience to actually have some, some pretty intentional conversations with hiring managers to talk about what's not working in the process. Um, I've found that, you know, they respect you more if you are actually having straight talk with them and trying to strategize on how to have a win-win versus complaining or telling them what they're not doing right, you know? Right. Yeah, I've, I've uh, in fact, uh, um, a friend said yesterday that, um, you know, I don't, I don't work for you. We partner. And, and her whole her whole bit was, um, she's at Amazon, and so she uh, she was just like, listen, the thing you have to do with hiring managers is you got to get you know, on an equal footing, mm-hmm. uh, so that they understand, hey, the relationship, I, I'm going to go and get the things that you need to get. However, we're going to collaborate, we're going to partner, we're going to do this together. Mm-hmm. Yep, I like that perspective, and I think it's all about 
how you set it up up front, you know, before that search and set some expectations up and have that conversation about what they're looking for and how we're going to work together and what works best, um, you, you know, from a talent acquisition standpoint and things like that. How do you manage the, the job rack or the job description? You know, the, the, the bit, uh, I know that you've had this, so I'll explain it for the audience. Um, some hiring managers don't know what they don't know until they see it. So they might have been replacing a position or a person, and they want that they, they want that person again. But that person was kind of a loose group of skills and experiences, etc. And they don't know how to convey. And so you know, we've we've all made this mistake in our lives. We've all gone into a monster career builder, indeed, copied a job description. <laughs> Yeah. Copy the job description, put it into Word, and then change some things around and then sent that to a recruiter. And uh, my hands are bloody, so uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just go ahead and admit it. I've made this mistake. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's, group, it's group therapy, uh, Kathleen. All right. Um, how, do you, how do you deal with job descriptions? What's your bit? How do I deal with job descriptions? Well, <laughs> well, okay, so in our process, we've got like a one-hour calibration with the hiring manager and our HR partner. So we're receiving a ton of information that we pretty much pull out in order to put the puzzle pieces together. So we are given a job description from them, but what happens after we do this calibration, um, we take the job description they gave us and what we've learned in the calibration session and create what we call a search engagement profile that really is kind of like a sexier version of a job description and much more detailed and it's more marketable for um, candidates out there when they're looking at it. So I love this and I love the word calibration. That's that's, I don't want to get into your secret sauce. Um, (laughs) And so, so, you know, Guard, guard against that, but just what, what is the, for you, what is that calibration? What do y'all do? A calibration. Um, so we have a series of questions that we ask, and the questions get us to somewhere um, very special and very important. You know, it, it brings out what the hiring manager truly uh, views the gaps are in the particular, in the, in the department, you know, or with the position, um, and how this particular candidate can fill that gap, right? So here's an example of a question we might ask on a calibration. Tell me, six months from now, in looking at the person that you have hired from us, what will make you say that you've made a right decision? What execution, you know, are you going to be looking for? What characteristics are you going to be looking for and behaviors that say, all right, I'm feeling good? And then we ask them, hey, at 12 months, what are you going to be looking for then? So the answers to these questions tell my team exactly what to go for in terms of the backgrounds, requirements, execution history, track records, behaviors, all these different things. And those, it's such a simple question, but it's so beautiful because it gives us what we really need to find quality talent. Well, first of all, I love that. And it's just going to, you know, as we started off, it's a great way to collaborate. It's a great way to partner with yeah. somebody. Uh, they've still got to be able to, to tell you things. It's, it's funny, earlier this year, pre-COVID, mm-hmm. I was in front of an audience in San Francisco, and, I, and it was on this particular topic. And I said, all right, here's the deal. When a hiring manager sends you a job description, uh, delete it. 
<laughs> yeah. So of course, I'm doing this at a conference, so you know some of this was shocking along. But uh, I said, uh, I said, just delete it. Just delete it. Here's the deal. Uh-huh. Start over, start fresh, blank screen, and ask them what are the ten most important things. Yeah, you know what are the ten to describe? And they come with, uh, some of that is is uh, you know inside that calibration, its experiences, and uh, and, and uh, characteristics, etc., personality traits, whatever. Yeah. Um, but what are those ten things? And then once you get the ten things, then then go back to them and say, okay, cool, got the ten things. This is going to be great. Up. Uh, Give me the three that are the critical. Got to have. Just got to mm-hmm. make or break. Got to have. Got to have the three. What are the three? So I got mm-hmm. 10. Out of the 10, what are the three? Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to go out and get candidates that fit the three for sure. Yeah. And as many of the 10 as possible. Right. Uh, and, and, and then, and then yeah, go ahead. I was going to say to take it deeper. So out of those three, what what's your priority? I mean, what's uh-huh. the top, right? And if I have one and two, will you go and not three? Is that okay? That's right. You want us to still present this person to you? And if That's not, right. you know, it's all about like pre-qualifying that hiring manager. So by the time you're submitting somebody, we don't have any confusion on either that's right. side. <laughs> that's right. That, well, that's where we waste a lot of time, right? We waste time yeah. with, with candidates, but we also waste time in sourcing and, uh, and finding those, that talent because we think we know what they want or we, you know, we think we, you know, not necessarily mind readers, but we think we have an idea of what they want. Then we go get it. We bring it back to it. And it's like, no, none of those fit. None of those are good. It's like, uh-huh. <laughs> How can none of I just put seven candidates? <laughs> right. How can none of them be good? Like that, right. that just can't exist. Exactly. Um, do you all ever get into um, kind of the supply and demand? I bring up this example sometimes with people. I'm like, okay, you want to hire, you know, an office manager in Topeka that has defense contracting background, <laughs> okay? And, and, and he or she has to have worked at like NASA, uh, maybe DARPA, so, you know, whatever. How many of those people are in Topeka, A? B, um, what's that comp package got to look like just to, even, just to even be able to bring either those people to Topeka or the folks in Topeka? Do y'all, do y'all do the supply and demand and kind of talk to them through, or do they tell you, uh, in most cases, what the comp package is going to be? Well, it depends. Um, right. Because we're specialized only in sales and marketing, right. we're, we're pretty equipped on what um, you need to pay per industry across the United States and different cities. Right. But if they do throw us a curveball um, <laughs> that we know up front is, is not going to work, we do talk to them about that. Um, if it's too far off, we just don't take the search. We're a retained firm. And if it's too far off and they show us that they don't want to work with us on it, and what I mean is they, they don't necessarily have to change their requirements up front before we do business with them, but if we share with them, listen, this seems a little bit low, but if you are truly going to partner with us and we can kind of show you our research and what we've done out there, and if it's if it's not working, then we're going to have to adjust together. And most employers are, are really... Or, or they really ex- respect that, you know, they're not turned off by it. And those that are turned off, then I, I, they're not for us, you know? Right, right. Well, okay, I know, obviously, with Me Too and, and uh, other movements that, that kind of pre-COVID, but also now with 
Black Lives Matter, and we're, we're in the middle of uh, the very end of Pride Month. Um, I know that I'm, I'm sure that you would put a diverse slate of candidates in front of uh, of all of your clients. I mean, I think that that's just kind of best practice. There's probably even more top of mind for. I'm assuming again. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming it's more top of mind for for hiring managers and for HR today. Mm-hmm. So. How do you how do you have that conversation? What's the what's that conversation like today with them about you know just putting a, a great slate of candidates that fit the criteria, mm-hmm. um, but yet that are also kind of that fit kind of a more inclusive uh, slate of candidates? Yeah, we haven't been asked that yet. Right. Um, you know, recently since the movement, right. we have historically, and they won't take candidates. Um, who aren't uh, a diversity candidate and things of that nature. So we we have experience with it. But right now, the only thing um, that we've done, and I remember it's a a conversation I had last week with a very, very large firm. Um, We were going over a slate of candidates that we found for their search. And we did mention, and normally we wouldn't mention it, um, but we did in fact mention proactively that one of the finalists is a diversity candidate. And we said, um, I'm sure that this is important to you right now or, or always, you know, I don't want to assume, right, but right. We, we thought we should definitely share that this is a diversity candidate. So um, I think we need to play the part of maybe shouting that out more, yeah. you know? Um, okay. I, yeah, I, I think it would be very, very important for us to play that part. And we started doing that just last week. Let me ask, uh, again, kind of deal with the taboos of this relationship that we have uh, with hiring managers and HR. If you and I, and I'll explain the story, you and I go for the same job. And uh, you, you know, you, you, they ask you your salary requirements and you say, yeah, my salary, I got to pay 350. And I come in at 280. And the job uh, with, with all the people internally pays 380. So <laughs> you're, you're off by, Thirty thousand. I'm off by you know a hundred thousand. Um, typically, HR and hiring managers have looked at that as a win. They've looked at that 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 uh, the difference uh, of that thirty thousand with your ask and with uh, the hundred thousand as a win. But that's created this this inequity that mm-hmm. happens, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you? Again, we're doing taboos here, so we're poking the bear. Um, <laughs> How, how do you have that conversation with them? Like, what? How do you? How do you have that conversation with them about what's what? I mean, you know what they should make, but they're going to come to you obviously with a budget and tell you what they can pay. And sometimes that's going to be an alignment. Sometimes that's not. But it's also an alignment to the exterior world. But there's an alignment to the interior. Yeah. So what, Right. So what do you, what's your take on that? Well, legislation has helped with this, actually, right. because we do business across the United States. Um, you know, we're losing the, the requirement to have candidates tell us what they're currently making in many cities now has helped because we have ranges from our employers and many times we are not requiring a candidate to say what they're currently making. Um, so we do give them for the most part, um, a range so they know where, where it's at, you know? 
um, in, in clients, we put it on our submittal form now. Um, we still leave candidate um, current compensation, um, right. even if it's in a city where we're not allowed to ask. But um, we, we state there are not, we state in that area, we are not allowed to ask what they are currently making based on legislation. And employers really appreciate that. They really, really do. Um, and, you know, we don't play the compensation really one way or the other. Um, right. But if they are off base and they're not even in range right now, like in terms of expectations, we do say, hey, um, this is actually much more than that. You know, you would get paid much more than that. How do you feel about that? Yeah, <laughs> you know, right, right. you're like, oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, I, do I have to move? Um, I, you know, i Three, three questions. Uh, three, actually four. But one, one is with this. This, this. Well, I think we've proved to ourselves we can work from home uh, through through this last couple of months. Um, is how is it going to change the dynamic for for y'all's business now that you have positions? And again, sales and marketing probably has always kind of been a little bit more remote, and, or at least the idea of, of being a bit more remote. But it, 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 it does it does work from home impact you at all or does has it impacted the conversations you've had with clients hiring managers in HR um, well Navigate's been remote for six years so we're, oh. we're used to this so there this wasn't a big change and then like you said with sales and marketing professionals a lot of them are remote what's happened in the last four months and how it's impacted us is um, the entire organization, let's talk about one client for an example, they're moving thousands of people remotely or have. So that initiative in itself, even if the business was doing well, they're profitable and you know revenues grown um, this year and all that stuff, they still had to pause what they were doing to put this entire organization remote. So HR, you know, God bless them, they've been they've been amazing and um, overwhelmed. They've had a huge initiative under their belt. So what's happened is really um, in the month of April, um, lack of communication, it got quiet, you know, things weren't moving as fast and so on and so forth. But what I've noticed is a beautiful thing at, that these organizations and the employees have adjusted so well remotely, you know, because right in May we started just moving right along, yeah. you know. But but the, it was a huge undertaking to get get these organizations having remote staff. It's going to be. I think it's going to be interesting to see. You know, because the, the people that used to, hey, it's a, we're in San Francisco, HQ's in, in San Francisco, so we need the, the VP of sales to be in San Francisco. It's going to be such an interesting conversation going forward where it's, where it's like, well, <laughs> the, the, the VP of, a, of sales can be wherever. They're going to be on plane, you know, 90% of the time, so it really doesn't matter if they're yeah. ever, ever in San Francisco. Um, okay, so a twofold question. Uh, a great over these years that you've done this, a great hiring manager story, you know, and again, we can de depersonalize it. You know, we don't need, need to use client names and things like that, but just something that really kind of inspired you and then a horror story. So <laughs> the, both sides of the coin, right? One that you're like, wow, if I could just replicate this person and put yeah. them with every client. Uh, and then one that just went sideways fast, you know, uh, the horror story, if you will. Um, well, let's talk horror first. 
Let me think. Oh. I, I, guess, I guess I'm thinking, I'm going to think in general terms because I yes. don't know no, of one fair. exactly. But a horror story is when a customer signs us up and we go through that calibration mm-hmm. and we're, we're moving right along and they just, they, they aren't, they aren't feeling it with any candidate that right. they interview and they don't have an exact reason why they might say, Oh, oh yeah. Behaviors or maybe they just keep talking about these intangible things that right. you can't really touch, you know, and then you, you give them another round of four, which is a lot for us to give eight candidates, which we'll do. But, and then it's the same thing and that it's just the never ending client that can't execute and make decisions with hiring. That's a nightmare for me. Well, okay. The, uh, and the, uh, first of all, it's, it's the idea of, I don't know what it is. I don't know until I know. Right. And, and so you keep putting candidates in front, keep putting candidates in front, keep putting candidates in front of them to, to, to an exhaustion because they, they can't give you that feedback. And I, I used yeah. to get to the place where I won't continue the search right. until you tell me why. Exactly. So you're going to have to tell me why. You're going to have to dig deep. And I don't even care what the why is, but I can't continue to fish. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if you don't tell me why, like right. I'm, turning, I'm, I'm moving on to something else until you can kind of figure out the why. Right. So, I mean, that, that I don't want to fracture the relationship. I love you. However, I can't continue to put candidates in front of you. It's not good for them. It's not good for the brand. It's not good for me. It's not good for you. It's not good for right. you. So you're going to have to dig deep and figure out why. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've had that. Mm, I've had that conversation more, more times than I care to admit. Um, yeah. What, what's a great hiring manager for you? What's a great, what's just somebody that just, just gets it? Yeah. A great hiring manager. Somebody who trusts in our Ooh. abilities and asks us advice based oh. on how much trust we have built in the process. Like, Kathleen, what do you think? You know, I'm feeling this way, but then again, that way. And I mean, what are you thinking? Um, give me your perspective. And I'm not, I think it's because of my corporate HR experience. I, I am not the type that will sway them wrong. You know, mm-hmm. it sway them just to hire because, right. you know, this is what I do for a living. I'll tell them the truth, you right. know, and if we need to start the search over, we'll start the search over. But I love it when hiring managers show that trust and ask for advice. Well, you know, a hundred years ago, I owned a, an ad agency. And after I sold my equity, a lot of people would ask me, how do you, has, what's the best way to work with an ad, ad agency or marketing PR uh, 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 agency? I'm like, first of all, be nice. Yeah. Just, <laughs> turns out, you know, uh, you got all the client services folks and the people doing the work. They like working people working for people they like. Yes. So this this really tracks for me that if someone trusts you and, and the trust, you know, it's it's earned. Like we get it. But, but just asking the question during that process of just, you know, it, this is a two-way street. You've done this for a long time. You, you know how the game's played. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your advice on this? This particular type of candidate or this particular, you know, uh, role at this company, what do, you, what do you think? Like, that's just such an easy thing. It's yeah. an easy thing to say, but, you know, let's be honest. It's how, how often does it actually happen? Uh, right. Not not as much as we'd like. All right. Last question. 
and it's uh, just kind of a routine question. What should I have asked you about this topic? What should I? Well, we covered a bunch of stuff in a very short amount of time, but what should I have asked you about? Yeah. What should you have asked me about? Um, well, maybe perspective on the hiring managers and internal HR in terms of why it's important to give that feedback. And let me say this one statement then to follow it up. So C players don't hire A players. Right. A and A players will never work for a C player. Right. Um, so C players need to be removed from the interview process. So that's, that is even an area that we talk to our customers about if we're seeing somebody totally be a block in the hiring process. So I think that employers really need to consider the players that are involved in interviewing because it's a sensitive subject that, that we address um, on occasion if we see it ruining the interview process. That is, that's perfect. I mean, first of all, that's, that's just, again, it gets back to that calibration, the things that you do so well with your clients is like, you gotta get on the same page. And some of that, I mean, some of that is also that level of talent. You're you're asking for this level of talent, um, but that level of talent's not going to come uh, right. for for these reasons. I love it. I love it. This has been so much fun. Well, we've got to have you back on. Okay. Uh, so um, I want to thank uh, Recruiting Daily and Recruiting Daily's all, all audience. Also, want to thank you, Kathleen. Appreciate you, uh, a your time and your wisdom, and uh, and uh, I appreciate you. Thank you. I've had fun. All righty. All right, everyone. That's it. Until the next episode. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.